War never changes. Remember, no Russian. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? If I'm to choose between a greater and lesser evil, I'd rather not choose at all. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. Everyone I have cared for has either died or left me. Everyone fucking except for you. Hello, hello, host everyone today. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Video Games. I'm your host, Walter Nunez, and I gotta apologize because I know the episode was supposed to uh, be live yesterday, but I got a few problems with timing and personal issues and whatever. So um, I wasn't able to release it on Friday. However, we're here today and we have a lot of new things that are quite exciting that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about um, news on the epic lawsuit against Apple and Google, which we didn't got a lot of info, but we did have uh, some new stuff, some interesting things. Epic faces a difficult um, path ahead. It has difficult choices to make, but we'll talk about that later. We also, we're going to talk about Epic Games um, Store and the new games available this week. We got a new week, so that means two new games and the announcement of the ones for next week. We're also going to talk about the new Batman's game, Sneak Peeks. All um, throughout the week, we have been getting these, um, let's say, sneak peeks, uh, we can say hints of a new Batman game. And although the official announcement will probably be today, and I'm almost 100% sure, on the DC online convention, uh, we got some info on it, so it's going to be interesting to see that, and we'll probably talk more in depth of it next week. However, we will also talk about Nintendo's Indie World, which was pretty much the highlight for the week. This showcase of indies shows the games coming to Nintendo Switch. We got a lot of games, a lot of games, and some are new, and some are ports from PC mainly. Uh, lastly, we will talk about the release of Flight Simulator. It is one of the most expected simulators right now. And I think everyone thought the franchise was dead, right? But it wasn't, and I'm glad it was not dead. The new game uses Bing technology, and um, it is a really, really ambitious game. So uh, we'll talk about that and how, how it went out and some problems it had with it. However, before really going into each of the topics, I do have a quick update. On Monday, I suggested that the multiplayer for Ghost of Tsushima may have microtransactions. Uh, however, it is already announced that it will not. All cosmetics and other game items in the online will have to be bought with in-game money obtained by just playing the game. This just makes me love Sucker Punch even more, so thank you. Thank you, Sucker Punch. And without further ado, let's start. So, news of the Epic versus Apple and Google lawsuit. On Monday, um, the star topic was this lawsuit. And during this week, we got new information. Apple informed Epic Games that next Friday, this means the 28th of August, they will terminate all developer accounts and cut all development tools from uh, Epic Games. This means that they will not be able to release content on iOS or Mac devices. Epic, of course, wants to stop this in the court, which makes sense because, you know, the fight is still ongoing, but I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure if uh, the court will be able to get to that point so quickly. 
However, that same issue generates other issues because Epic Games owns some real engine. It is a um, software, uh, a game development software that is really popular. It's open source, so a lot of uh, big, small, and medium development companies use it. This means all of these uh, companies may join into a, a big lawsuit for Apple. And personally, I don't think that's a good idea, at least for Apple, because I they can blame Epic, you know, but massive lawsuits is not the way of making a point, you know. They they I don't think they will win a massive lawsuit. Google, on the other hand, has pretty much no news. I I, I don't know, they're probably preparing for the legal fight, but who knows who will win? It's gonna be an interesting um thing to see if the people or Fortnite or Epic Games or whatever wins against these big big companies. To add to the drama, Fortnite released the hashtag free Fortnite Cup that is going to be available tomorrow, the 23rd of August. By earning 10 or more points, you get an Apple-inspired skin, the one that was used in the parody video. You can obtain those points by getting 10 kills or playing 30 minutes to cup or winning one game or the combination of any of them. I think it's a fairly easy marketing scheme to just get a skin for players that shouts pretty much Apple bad. Also, there will be physical prices for the top 20,000 players, including caps and laptops. I do wonder why not such attacks are so hard against Google. In retaliation, apparently Apple has made a statement. They say Epic has been doing a hot mess and they will be able to go back to the App Store after fixing it. They also say that Epic wanted a special deal. However, there was a response with evidence suggesting the contrary. A public record showing that Epic is really asking for Apple to change the rules for everyone. However, all of these legal issues are not stopping Fortnite from moving forward. Next week, Season 3 of Chapter 2 will arrive. Yesterday, we got a sneak peek and apparently Thor will be available, being added to the list of superheroes on Fortnite. Last season, or well, uh, the current one, had Aquaman, Deadpool before that. With the arrival of the Joker and other DC character skins, and also the games of Marvel's Avengers and the Miles Morales game, I think we are getting ourselves into an era of superhero mashups and superhero games that's gonna be quite exciting to live. And while we're talking about uh, Epic Games, let's talk about the newest free games on the Epic Games Store. We got two that are perfect for cooperative mode. The first one is Enter the Gungeon. You may have heard of it because it was quite popular when it was first released in 2016. It is a dungeon crawler that uses pixel art. It generally had a good reception and the goal is basically to descend into the gungeon. Why is it called a gungeon and not a dungeon? Well, that's because the enemies are living bullets or firearms. It has a similarity to the Binding of Isaac, and it can be played as a cooperative mode. I think overall the game is quite fun to play, but especially if you are playing with someone else. My personal favorite thing of the game is being able to rescue people. I have no clue why, but it just feels so... like a big achievement, you know? I don't know, it's cool. It's cool. It's a playful challenge, I'll say. The other game is God's Trigger. It's another game that shines on the cooperative mode. The single player is not bad, but it is not as good. I think it lacks dynam a dynamic feel, you know, of the game. It has a similar feel to Hotline Miami, and it works perfectly because I think the game has the perfect basic narrative. 
it's great because it is enough for a cooperative mode in order to understand what you're doing and just get into the action. And it is not as boring as a long, long, you know, cutscenes and lots of background information. It's really focused on gameplay with a little bit of a background. And the game is quite bloody. I think it's a way to save the world in the bloodiest way possible. It is dynamic, exciting, and it really feels like a slasher movie, but in a game. For next week, we got Hitman, uh, the game released in 2016, that it's pretty much a soft reboot of the franchise and got super good reviews. Personally, I think it's a perfect way of introducing people to the franchise in, you know, best new graphics and um, gameplay. And we also got new info regarding Hitman 3 that will be released in January 2021. However, the game will be a temporary exclusive for Epic Games. And we'll also be getting the Shadowrun collection, but I'll just wait for that and we'll get into that next week with uh, fairly more detail. Now, the new Batman game. First, I gotta say, it's all rumors, but that's only been because we are lacking an official announcement. But we have enough information to be almost 100% certain that it is a new Batman game. We've been teased all week with parts of a map on our website. We also got uh, Two-Face pretty much confirmed for the game. And um, here's the interesting thing. In order to get these maps or these uh, pieces of the map, you needed to introduce some codes. These codes were available, you had to decrypt them, from images from a Twitter account. Uh, the thing is, if you join all of these codes, you will spell the barcode from Detective Comics 359. That is the first operation of Bad Girl. Is it a coincidence? I don't think so. I really don't think so. And also the Twitter account I talked about earlier refers to the DC fandom, the DC online convention where they will um, announce a new game. They are saying they will announce a new game. So it's pretty obvious is this one. The last piece of the map showed uh, the supposed in-game source of the map we were seeing and the source was the GCPD or the Gotham City Police Department. It's pretty obvious. We are getting a new Batman game. I'm 100% sure. Mark my words. You will be seeing the announcement today, uh, depending on your time zone, but at the end of the day, we will see a new game probably based on the Court of Owls. <sighs> now, Nintendo's indie world. If anyone doesn't know what indie means, it's like a cute, uh, short way of saying independent developers or independent games or whatever. That means these games are not made by big companies like Ubisoft, Electronic Arts, Rockstar, Target Punch, whatever. They're made by uh, really small companies, small development companies. I don't know, five people, six people, sometimes two, sometimes one person doing a whole game which is very, very difficult. Now, on Tuesday, we got this Indie World Showcase for uh, Nintendo Switch. The purpose of it is obviously to show the newest additions of indie games to the Nintendo Switch. Indies have a really big impact and have had a really big impact in the gaming industry lately. Lots of amazing new titles on Switch, on PC, on uh, Xbox and PlayStation 4 are indies. And some of these games are so great. Some of them are really famous too, and they are already available. I'm just going to say Cuphead. Cuphead is really popular. I'm pretty sure everyone or, or almost everyone has heard of it. We got the Untitled Goose Game, 
Ori and the Blind Forest, Hollow Knight, and the list goes on and on and on. Indies are a great way for small developers to really express themselves. And usually they are not as expensive as the ones of big companies, so that's good too. I don't know. We'll... Let me tell you something, I will be talking about every single game shown in Nintendo's Indie World so that you can decide which game is good enough for you to pay the money they are asking for and supporting those developers. So, let's start with Hades. Hades as the um, Greek god of the underworld. So, the game is Dungeon Crawler and it has procedurally generated levels. This is what pretty much adds the spice and makes the game interesting. You play as the immortal prince of the underworld and you need to escape Hades. It is on early access on Steam at the moment, it was released on December 2019, and the randomness is what I think gives it a really fun vibe and a lot of uh, replayability factor. Supergiant, the developers, had made a great game that, in my opinion, is worth a try on Switch or on PC. We also got a presentation for Hypnospace, and this is a 90s internet simulator, and you're kind of like the internet police of sorts. If you weren't born in that time, or you weren't using internet at that time, you may not know, but the 90s internet was a dangerous place. They had a lot of malware, especially on downloads, LimeWire and such. But um, the game focuses on that too. You have to not get, let's say, attacked by malware or adware or any sorts of malware, whatever. You also have some sort of treasure hunting. And the game in general has a really nostalgic feel. I think it has a great appeal for people on their 30s or late 20s. However, it is quite enjoyable on the younger generation too. It's a very, very good way to understand um, the start of what today the internet is, you know? It's really fun seeing those colorful, ugly as hell websites that have a lot of, you know, moving stuff that distract you from the purpose of that website. But that was the 90s for you. The game released last year on Steam. However, if you are interested in the game, but just not quite sure if you'll enjoy it, there's a demo available now on Switch, so give it a try. Now let's talk about Spirit Ferrier. I'm gonna give it a really fast, short um, summary of the game because I am currently playing it a lot and I think the game is really, really good. So good that I will be releasing a review next week of it. So um, I'll be getting more in depth there. Um, the game is a platformer where uh, the goal of it is to guide souls to the final rest. You explore kind of life after that, and I don't know. It's I'm really excited about this game. I've been playing it for the last two days. It has a really colorful, bright, clean uh, animation style. It has really appealing characters too. You play as Stella, and for some reason, it reminds me of Spirited Away, the movie, you know, the one of Studio Ghibli. And that's probably because of the animal NPCs, but I don't know, it gives me that vibe of... Uh, of that um, bad house. I don't know. It's amazing. It's a really, really nice game. I don't really want to spoil anything for you. Just wait for the review. Keep the game in mind. Let's move on. We also got Garden Story. That it's a pixel art RPG. Where you play as a guardian grape. That needs to protect the people from the land they, they inhabit. There are four regions. There are four regions and several puzzles. You gather resources, cultivate plants, and fight. 
The game design is quite cute and it is I don't think it's supposed to be a fast-paced game. Subnautica and Subnautica Below Zero are finally coming to Switch too. These two games are available and have been available on Steam for quite a while. I cannot say uh, more than that the game is, is masterful. Exploring uh, underwater is both exciting and intriguing and it's overall a great experience. Below Zero has more of an Arctic side, a different approach uh, from the original Subnautica and I think for players of the sea, the ocean and adventure games, this is a must play. Takeshi and Hiroshi is a really interesting take on video games if you ask me. It is listen carefully to this, a stop-motion RPG. Yes, stop-motion as uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, that kind of stop-motion. It combines both the stop-motion and pixel art because Takeshi and Hiroshi are two brothers and Takeshi is trying to entertain his brother and he is developing a game that is made of pixel art so you're playing like a game inside a game but you also have like mini games in the other quite complex but super interesting uh, concept of it Raji and Ancient Epic is also a new game uh, and it's the debut game of Nodding Head Games it follows Raji, an Indian girl uh, that was chosen by the gods she has to defeat an invasion of Demons. It is kind of a dungeon crawler. Even though we've seen and I, I've talked about dungeon crawlers a lot today, strangely, because I don't think it's super ultra mega popular, but uh, there have been quite a lot. I think that adding the Indian culture to it gives it more. I th I say it gives it just a different approach uh, to generating an interesting experience, and it's also available right now so I'll, I'll urge you to go out and, and test it. Now Bear and Breakfast is personally the game I'm most excited about and it is a management game where you control a bear. So um, this bear and your friends try to create a bed and breakfast business in an old shack that was abandoned in the middle of the forest. As you advance, you start to unravel mysteries of said forest. The art design is super cute, it's super clean, and I think it is an interesting idea that honestly feels quite fresh. Sadly, the game will be released on 2021, but I'm already excited. So, A Short Hike is a nice pixel art game released last year on PC, and it is now available on uh, Switch. The goal is to get to the summit of Hawk Peak Provincial Park. You can go through the marked path or explore and find different activities for you. You can fish, you can uh, just lay down, there are a lot of things you can do on your way to the summit. It's a game to chill, you know, it's not a competitive thing, it is just for you to relax. Card Shark is another, I don't know, weird game. Not in a bad way though. It is focused on card tricks. And that's pretty much it. You manipulate cards and progress by doing different tricks. It is simple, but it does feel quite effective. Torchlight 3, the third installment of the Torchlight franchise, will also be getting to switch. You need to try and defeat an invasion, and you can also build a fortress, explore the wilderness, and get a companion, which is super cute. Also, we get uh, more powerful gear. The game was one of the most expected ones on the showcase and will probably be a success on sales. 
Manifold Garden is a first-person puzzle focused on impossible figures and geometry. However, the puzzles are quite complex and offer visually stunning views. Evergate has finally been released after three games, and it's a platformer that is quite similar to Hollow Knight, if you ask me. The game focuses on revealing the mystery involving the main character and a lost soul of sorts. I think it's certainly worth a look. I'm not super excited about this one, but just check it out. Check it out, Evergate. We're getting to the most surprising reveal, I think, of the showcase, and that is that the Untitled Goose game has a cooperative mode coming for free on an update. So, um, you will get a two-player co-op to pretty much give double trouble, you know? And I want to talk about this game especially because uh, last year I was on a um, study abroad semester on Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia, and I studied there on RMIT. The people that created the Untitled Goose game, the teachers, are from RMIT, so it has a special place in my heart. And the game is freaking amazing. Just imagine being able to play with two two um two players. It's gonna be a mess, but a super fun mess. I think them adding this cooperative mode just means that the game has been more successful than they originally planned. And they didn't plan uh the success like that big. But uh I don't know. The game the the free update is arriving on September 23rd. So if you own the game, you're getting it for free. If you don't own it, what are you waiting for? So we're finally on to our last topic. Microsoft Flight Simulator. So um, this is difficult. This is difficult because when talking about this uh, release, I first need to address the top issue. Is this thing, is Microsoft Flight Simulator a game? I mean, you can use an Xbox controller and it will be released on the Xbox console. And you might think that because of that, it is a game. But if it is, it is definitely not a traditional one. Because it has no goals, really. And the rules are based on real-life physics and limitations. It's, it's probably the first game where the world, the, the in-software, in-game world, is our whole world, you know? So, is it a game? For some people, maybe. Now, let's talk about this uh, release now. You know, more in depth. The game was powered by Bing Maps. So, as I said, you can visit the whole world on your plane. This means you can visit your house, probably. I could visit mine. Uh, I'm not saying the, um, that, you know, the architecture of my house is perfect, but I can find my house. However, Bing Maps is the issue in the game, too. Because Bing Maps is using an artificial intelligence or an AI to render uh, the stuff they are seeing from satellites into a game, it sometimes does funny stuff. Some landscapes don't look so cool. They they actually look too fake. So uh, some natural landmarks too are not um, are not visible. Like I said last year, I studied in Australia and I I traveled a bit, and one of the most most beautiful places I I visited there was Whitehaven Beach on the Whitsundays. It is considered the top eco-friendly beach in the world. It is quite famous for its crystal white silica sand and turquoise water. The sand is so fine that you can polish jewelry in there. I remember uh, being quite quite dumb and 
you know, laying on the sand for a while and the sand got everywhere for days. It got in the little spaces between the threads of my of my shorts and my clothes. So that that was not good. That was not good, but it was it was really nice, you know, feeling that sand. I cannot even explain that. Super fine sand. Nothing like I've ever ever uh felt before. So um If you are able to visit Whitehaven, please do so. However, uh, you cannot see these beautiful colors all the time. It depends on uh, the time. It depends on other climate factors. Sadly, on Microsoft Flight Simulator, you cannot see it. And it's a shame. It's a shame because it is beautiful. There is also the problem that the game, again, is too open. And... Um, You do not have predetermined routes. It would be nice for you to have them because if I want to see, for instance, the pyramids or Chichen Itza or other things, I am not sure where they are. I mean, I, I don't know where these landmarks are exactly. I know, obviously, that Chichen Itza is in the south part of Mexico, but I am not sure of the exact location. And since I'm flying a simulated plane, I need to be 100% sure where is it. And I think it would be quite a, quite a good thing for the simulator to have predetermined routes for you. Like, yeah, yeah I want to uh, check out the pyramids. Okay, click this and you will be flying from this airport to this airport crossing through the pyramid so you can see the beautiful landscape because that's what the flight simulator is selling is selling a simulation of life while flying the most important thing that they are trying to um, sell is that you can see the landscapes but if you do not have these predetermined routes you need to check them out yourself you need to do research you need to understand the map you need it is not easy it is not easy i it took me quite a few times and a lot of time to just get it right and be able to see what i wanted to see now regarding the frame rate the game doesn't seem to get more than 45 frames per second and the graphic changes are not too much so if you are aiming to get a an okay experience or a beautiful experience I'll just say just go for whatever uh, gives you more frames per second. Now the controls are easy enough for new players to just cruise and you can also learn them properly if you desire because there's like a tutorial and probably uh, fans have an easier time and more enjoyable time especially because there are some new things that are amazing like the hourly and climate changes. You can pretty much fly through a hurricane So um, that's something, that's something that I wouldn't like to do in real life. But seeing how the wind is changing the plane or moving the plane is quite interesting. Now, there's, there's also another big, big problem that I, I'm kind of worried about because Flight Simulator has several different versions, something that we've seen quite a quite a few times you know we got the base version that is playable with game pass ultimate we got the deluxe version and the premium deluxe version all of these versions have obviously new aircrafts but there's something else uh, they also have handcrafted airports airports like denver's dubai frankfurt cape town and more 
have way more details in the premium and deluxe versions, and I fucking hate the idea. I'm sorry about that, but I, I hate it. I really hate it. As Tyler Wilde wrote in an article for PC Gamer, imagine an RPG in which certain towns and cities are bigger and more detailed with the $120 premium version. That'd be some bullshit. And I couldn't agree more, Tyler. I couldn't. I really fear having this mechanic jump to other games. I know it is a thing on, on simulators. It was a thing on the last flight simulator for England. But I really don't want it to be on other games. I would be really angry. I would be so devastated to have to pay double the price for the game to have something that it should have. Uh, that it's intrinsic to to the game experience in the first place. Now, the game is not bad. I, I, I gotta say, it. it's super good. It's super fun flying throughout the world. It's really good, and I do recommend it for people that like flying in pretty much free mode. If you like that, this game is for you. If you don't, give it a try. Uh, if you have Game Pass Ultimate, otherwise, probably not, just don't get it. Don't get it. Don't go for it. It's too expensive for that. And that would be all for today. I thank everyone for tuning in. I apologize again for not being able to release yesterday. But I don't think this went so bad. Maybe maybe, maybe I'll do it on, on Saturdays or Fridays. I don't know. I'll let you know. I'll let you know when I release the review for Spirit Fitter next week. Uh, obviously before Friday or Saturday. So you'll know what to expect then. So um, without further ado, stay safe. Cheers.